How many of you enjoy from time to time going out to a good restaurant and eating? You know, I don't always eat in restaurants, but when I do, I really like to eat at the restaurants that are really good. You ever gone to a restaurant and you left there and you're, you know, you, you weren't ugly to the people, but your stomach was saying you cheated me? Well, the likelihood then of you going back there is pretty low, isn't it? Well, you know, a church is like a restaurant, if you will. We get good meals here. And we get multiple meals every week. Amen? And it really doesn't matter whether Pastor Brenda or Pastor Nancy or Pastor Tom, uh, whoever is preaching the Word of God, there's, you're going to get a good meal. Amen? So I want to encourage you at the top of this year to be in as many services as you possibly can. Because what you're hearing Sunday morning is only a portion of what is going out here. Brenda preaches every Sunday night and she's just doing a great, great series on step in, step out and step up. She's going to preach that. And then, by the way, we do have service Wednesday night with Reverend George Amaral. If you've ever heard him preach, he was the overseer of our school for a number of years. Does a great job, so he's going to share the word. And uh, so just want to encourage you with that. You know, the Bible says that man will not live by bread alone. But by what? But by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. How many of you will believe with me today? You know, it's about 1144, and we're going to be doing communion as well at the end of this service. How many of you will believe with me for exactly what needs to be said will be said by the direction of the Holy Spirit? Amen. So, Father, we just come before you with touching this today. We thank you for your word. We thank you, Lord, for the Holy Spirit. Speak to us through your word and by your spirit. And we give you praise and glory and honor for it's in Jesus' name that we pray. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Everybody good? Everybody relaxed? It's a great day to be alive, isn't it? And so we're looking at this study on being heirs of God and joint heirs with Jesus. You know, since we are his children, everything he has belongs to us. And the Bible says that we can partake of this inheritance right now. In Galatians chapter 3 and verse 13 and 14 and in verse 29, it says that Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us, for it is written, cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree, that the blessing, not the cursing, that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles through Jesus Christ. And that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. And so we access what belongs to us in Christ Jesus through our faith. And then going down to verse 29, it says, And if you be Christ, how many of you are Christ? Then are you Abraham's seed, and you are an heir according to the promise. And so last week we looked at Deuteronomy 28, 1 through 14, and Psalms 112, and we discovered what these blessings of Abraham are. Amen? Say it with me. Abraham's blessings are mine. Now, I read a little prophecy to you last week. I'm going to read a portion of it to you again, and I'm going to kind of work around that. I've got a great storehouse. Much more has been stored up in the storehouse of riches beyond your wildest dream. And I laid them up before you from before the foundation of the world. Much more is stored up there than what the church is called for. 
I never held back on the church, says the Lord. I've made it available. I put it in my word. I gave you promises and stood behind it with the blood, the precious blood of our Savior. But there's been a backwardness of my people about laying hold of the things that I provided for you. But there's a people in the land. There's a people right here. There's a people around the world. They're strong and growing mightier and stronger and more bold to lay hold and put their faith on, on claim of faith on the things that I've laid up for them. And it thrills me, says the Lord. Amen. You know, he takes great pleasure in the prosperity of his sons and his daughters. He really does. And when you understand the prosperity is not just in the area of finance, but it is spirit, soul and body. I mean, there's no greater prosperity than knowing you're on your way to heaven. There's no greater prosperity than having your soul at ease and your soul at peace. Amen. If you've ever been in a situation where you weren't at ease and you weren't at peace, but then the Prince of Peace came along and filled you with the Holy Spirit and filled you with the kingdom of God, which is righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. You got something to shout about. Prosperity in your body is being well. Prosperity relationally is being at peace and no strife with your brothers or sisters. No strife in your home. But walking in love and walking in the Spirit and walking in the joy of the Lord. Amen? Amen. And so from time to time, we need to do a study along the area of prosperity and how it can affect your natural life. How many of you believe that God wants to do some awesome things for you? Now, Deuteronomy 28 and verse 12, just in the first part of that verse, it says there that the Lord shall open unto thee his good treasure. In the Hebrew, that word treasure is storehouse. One translation says that he will open his storehouse of what? Of goodness. You know, I've discovered that every good gift and every perfect gift comes from above. From the Father of lights, with who is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. And so he's opening things for us. The word open in the Greek means this, to let loose, to throw open. In the message, he says that I will throw open the doors of the sky vaults of heaven. Really, it's the same word that you find in Malachi chapter 3. In the message translation of Malachi 3.10, it says, Bring your full tithe to the temple treasury, so that there may be ample provision in my temple. Test me in this, and see if I don't open you the windows of heaven itself, and pour you out blessings beyond your wildest dreams. Amen. And so, I believe this. That the windows of heaven are open for you. And what does that mean? That means golden opportunities are coming your way. I believe that even promotions are coming your way. If your business is lagged behind, I believe that God's going to open those windows and increase the opportunities for you to go further and to do more than you've ever done before. Opportunities. The windows of heaven coming from our source of supply. Now look at Hebrews chapter 13, verse 20, 
and 21. And notice this with me in the Amplified. Now, may the God of peace. Thank God he's not the God of anxiety. Now, what will the God of peace do? Well, number one, he'll strengthen you. Number two, he'll complete you. And thank God he'll make you what you ought to be. And not only that, he will equip you with everything good that you may carry out his will. He will equip you. The word equip in the Greek means he will outfit you. In other words, he will give you what you need so that you can run your race by his grace and by his glory. Listen, friends, God is in the outfitting business. Amen? He'll make you what you ought to be. And it comes because of the blood of the everlasting covenant. Somebody says, well, I fall short in so many areas. Well, join the club. If we look at ourselves after natural eyes and out of the natural realm, we'll always come up short. But if we'll get his eyes and if we'll get his viewpoint of how he sees us, we will not see ourselves coming up short. We will see ourselves according to his will. And his will says that we are complete in him who is the head of all principality and power. His word says that he has begun a good work in you. And you know what? He is going to perform it until he returns. Somebody shout amen. Amen. God's outfitting you. Now Psalm 31, 19 in the NIV says this. How great is your goodness, which you have stored up for those who fear you, those who reverence you which you bestow in the sight of men on those who take refuge in you. How many of you have affirmed in your heart real strong for 2015 that you're taking refuge in him? See, the Bible says he that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High is going to abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge. Raise both hands and say that right now. You're my refuge. You're my fortress. And I'm putting my trust in you. Now this word goodness here from Psalm 31.19 means prosperity, good things, but are you ready for another shout? It also means property. God's got property for you. There's property reserved for you. Yeah, but I'm living in a double bungalow. That's all right. Yeah, but I'm, I, I, I'm living with somebody. I've only got a room. No problem. You're not limited by where you're at right now. We're accessing the storehouse of heaven. We're believing to see the goodness of God in the land of our lives. Amen. Listen, I've seen it over the years. I've seen homes given to people in our church. Just recently, a couple in our church just had their second house given to them. You know, it really doesn't matter how it happens. What matters is we please God with our faith and we trust Him to open up doors that we could never open up for ourselves. Listen, there's property for you. Yeah, but I lost my house. But do you know they build them every day? And listen, faith is the believer's advantage. We access this grace through faith, and faith is the victory 
that overcomes the world. And so, according to Psalms, it says, the land is our inheritance. Here's another great verse. Psalm 16 and verse 6. Now, I encourage you to get these teachings and write these scriptures down and meditate upon them. Why should I do that? Because in meditating upon them, it becomes a part of you. And when you observe to do according to all that is written in this glorious book, the scripture says you'll make your way prosperous and you'll have good success. The government won't have to make your way prosperous. Amen? A relative won't have to make your way prosperous. No, you got your armor, you got your sword, you got the rhema of God on the inside of you. You take the sword of the Spirit and make your way prosperous with the grace of God upon your life. That's right. Psalm 16, verse 6. Let's read it together. Ready, read. The land you have given me is a pleasant land. They may have thought they built this building for movies. They may have thought this parking lot would be used for prostitution and drug addiction. But this land is God's land. This land is your land. This land is your land. <laughs> this, is, this is your inheritance. You know, if Brenda and I were ever to leave, this isn't our building. This belongs to him. You know, if I go by the way of rapture and you're still here, you better come to this building. You don't want to be left behind. Now, that's quite a thought right there. But this is an inheritance. I believe that from before the foundation of the world, God knew we'd be here. He knew we'd be here. On five acres of prime land, not to show R-rated movies. Not for his name to be cursed. Not for pornography. But for the name above every name to be magnified. <laughs> to be glorified. And his presence to saturate everyone that comes in the doors. Come on, raise your hands and say, Lord, I'm ready. Saturate me, Lord. Saturate me, Jesus. But what a wonderful inheritance. Believe God. God is not limited by what you can do up here. He's not limited by your job. He's not limited. So don't limit Him. Look at Proverbs chapter 2, verse 6 and 7. Proverbs 2, verse 6 and 7. For the Lord gives wisdom. Wisdom is a part of your inheritance. Without wisdom, you could have $5 million and lose it tomorrow. Oh, yeah. Sure enough, the posse's going to show up. And if you don't have wisdom to rightly use what God gives you, you'll lose it. But thank God for His wisdom. What is wisdom? Wisdom is simply the ability to use knowledge. It's the ability to apply revelation knowledge 
correctly. And so he gives wisdom, and from his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. He holds victory or wisdom in store for those that are upright. He is a shield to those who walk blameless. Say it with me, there is wisdom. And so this prophecy again says, Much more has been stored up in the storehouse of riches beyond your wildest dreams that I've laid hold for you before the foundation of the world. Now look at the Amplified of Ephesians 3, verse 20. Ephesians, the third chapter, the 20th verse. Now to him who by in consequence of the action of his power that is at work in you. So it is important for the Holy Spirit to do what? To work in you. It's important for this word to be working in you. And so as this is working in you, God is able to carry out his purpose and to do super abundantly, far over and above all we dare ask or think, infinitely beyond our highest prayers, thoughts, hopes, or dreams. Now that will cause you to get happy. So he says, well, pastor, I can ask pretty big. He can do much more. Well, I can think pretty big. He can think bigger. Well, I can dream pretty big. He's even got bigger dreams. Now, I just love the message, what it says here. It says, God can do anything, you know. Look at your neighbor and say, God can do anything, you know. Now, far more than you could ever imagine or guess or request in your wildest dreams. So then we see then from this teaching that heaven is overloaded with the things that he has prepared for you and for me. There is an untapped supply that exists. There are unclaimed treasures of heaven waiting for your bold claim of faith. Be bold to lay hold of what he's laid up for you. Be bold to lay hold of what he's laid up for you. Now, I want you to see this over in Proverbs chapter 18, or chapter 8, verses 18 through 21. This is so important that you see this and that you get this. He said, riches and honor are with me. Enduring wealth and righteousness, uprightness in every and relation and right standing with God. He says, my fruit is better than gold, than refined gold, in my increase than choice silver. He says, I, wisdom, walk in the way of righteousness, moral and spiritual rectitude in every area and relation, in the midst of the paths of justice, that I may cause those who love me to inherit. Now notice, what kind of riches? True riches, and I will fill their treasuries. Now listen, these verses, all that I'm saying today, is not for those who are casual Christians. It really isn't. It is not for those who show up to church maybe once in a while or once in a month and make a couple confessions. It really isn't for those who even attend a camp meeting or a seminar and then they stay home the rest of the year as spiritual, refuge, as spiritual fugitives. It's not for those who walk in their own way. It's not for those who walk according to their own plan. But it is for those who walk uprightly. This is for those 
who will walk in righteousness and walk in the paths that God has designated for their lives. And it's so important to see this. Because I've been around about 40 years in this message that I'm preaching. And I've seen people grab a part of the message that we're preaching and go off half-cocked. And they didn't have their life together. They weren't walking in love. They weren't walking by faith. They were living together. They were doing all sorts of things that they shouldn't be doing. And yet they want the blessing. I don't think so. I said, I don't think so. The blessings of God are for those who are going to live for Him. Those who are going to walk with Him and walk in love and walk in the Spirit. I'm not saying that you've got to be perfect. I'm not saying that you'll never stub your toe or miss it. But in your heart of hearts, you just want to be right with God. And I believe I'm looking at a congregation that are going to tap into the true riches. Why? Because in the realm of the Spirit, God has put you together and He has given you the right stuff. You're made out of the right stuff. Did you know what? You can walk in love. When people say ugly things about you, you can forgive them. Did you know this? That you can let bitterness go. You don't have to allow bitterness to become a part of your life so that it springs up and troubles you. John Maxwell said this, you don't have to be bitter when you can get better. Jesus came to give us the better life by far. This better life is a life of love. This better life is a life where you let go of anger and wrath and bitterness and clamor and all evil speaking. And you make a determination. God has put his love in me by the power of the Holy Ghost. And by the power of the Holy Ghost, I'm going to live for him. I'm going to love like him. I'm going to talk like him. I'm not going to let people down here pull me down. I'm spreading my wings. And I'm getting ready to soar with eagles on the high places of the earth. Listen, friend. You can walk in the Spirit. Somebody says, well, I haven't done thus far. Get out of the past and move on into the present. It's a new year. It's a new season. It's a new day. Heaven's help is here for you. Hallelujah. So whatever has bogged you down and whatever has held you back, take your faith and turn it around. I had the Spirit of God speak that to me yesterday morning. I was dealing with some things and I was talking to the Lord about it. And the Lord just says, son, take your faith and turn that around. That encouraged me. You know what? Number one, it says I have faith. But number two, if I'll take my faith by the grace of God, it can turn around. Woo! Glory to God. So whatever you're facing that needs to be turned around, take your... Glory to God. Take your faith and turn it around. Take this word and believe it and speak it. Take that sword out. Don't just sit there and let the devil beat you up. Don't just sit there and let the devil lie to you. Rise up in the name of Jesus and cast down every imagination and high thing that would exalt itself against the knowledge of God. Say with me, I'm going to do that, Pastor. 
as a doer. The message says in verse 18 and 19, Wealth and glory accompany me, also substantial honor and a good name. My benefits are worth more than a big salary, even a very big salary. The returns on me exceed an imaginable bonus. Did we miss it? You got it. Hallelujah. So you could be a billionaire. But if you can't put your head down tonight and sleep in peace, what good is all that billions? Well, yeah, but I have an alarm system in my home. Well, woody who? No. You can have all the money in the world, but if money has you and you don't have him, you are of all men most miserable. I'd rather live in a home with a cardboard table and a tree stump to sit on to eat my beans and cornbread. And in the context of my home, you're going to get some grits too. Can I get a witness? Yeah. <laughs> All right. So everything that we need is provided for us. We walk with him. We love him. And we're faithful. We're not faithless. Amen. Now, in closing this this morning, this is going to take a little bit of a time before we have communion. But this word that came forth said this. But there has been a backwardness in my people about laying hold of the things that I've provided for them. And I'll just be honest with you. I was one of them. I was one of them. Because I had heard and seen so much excess on the prosperity message that it caused me to back off a little bit, to be honest with you. I had heard and seen some things that just didn't really witness with my spirit. I'm not talking about anyone in particular, so don't imagine things. But, but it just, you know, I want, I want to make sure that here at Heart of the Bay, we've got a good balanced message. And I don't mean balancing out faith with unbelief. I believe this in sticking and staying in the middle of the road. Yes. Amen? And so, I think there's probably some people here too that perhaps haven't laid hold of everything that God's got for them. What do you say we get busy? I, I've been busy as of the last decade. Amen? We're moving up higher. Amen? We're going up stronger. But... This backwardness, and the word backwardness, according to Merriam-Webster, means to be behind and not as advanced in learning or in development. Let me say that again. Behind or not as advanced in learning or in development. I can remember over there at 20450 Royal Avenue. When we were there for 17 years. How many of you were a part of the church on Royal Ave? Great building, great place. I can remember Brother Moore coming to one time, one of the times he came in past years. And we're going to try to get him in this year as well. But, you know, 
When you're a teacher and you stand in other offices, perhaps even the prophetic flow, you can walk into a place if you're sensitive to your spirit and you can just know some things. And I think Brother Moore might have said it publicly. He says, I just sense, I just sense that you and me, he said, have fallen behind a little bit in this area of divine prosperity. I just sense that you've fallen behind a little bit. And he was right. So, when you get behind, the thing to do is to get caught up. And then once you get caught up, get out ahead of it. Now, how many of you have ever gotten behind in prayer before? Well, when you get behind in prayer, don't stay behind. You want to get caught up, but then you want to get out ahead of yourself in prayer. So that you're praying out your future. So the things that you're praying about, when you get to your future, you're connected with. Amen? And so, it's important then to teach lessons like this from time to time so that we stay current and that we get out ahead. Amen? Because faith comes by what? Faith comes by having heard. No, it comes by hearing and hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Now let's look at Psalm 23, and notice with me in verse 5, you're doing so good today. You're just awesome to preach to. Amen. Anybody that walks into this building and has preached for us as a guest, just leave this place thanking God. Praising God so much. The thing they always say, the people there are so easy to preach to. The people there are so easy to minister to, they pull. And so we're going to be having some guest speakers up here, you know, next week. And then we're going to have a guy by the name of Mylon Lefevre. Ever heard of him? Mylon Lefevre is going to do a Sunday night in March. He wrote that song that Elvis made famous. That one, uh, without him I can't do anything. Without him... I could do and can't do anything, something like that. He wrote that. And Elvis was there when he sang it for the first time. And Elvis said, I want to see Mylon afterwards. And so he saw him and he got the rights to sing that song. And Mylon's still getting royalties on that song today. Woo, glory. So Mylon's going to come. And Mylon was kind of came out of the same area of life that I did. But thank God he's been renewed. He's been restored. He played with the Stones and he played with the Beatles. He's going to be here. So when they come, let's pull. Amen. And let's come tonight and pull and believe God. Amen. I look forward to the day that Mick Jagger gets saved. And then 10 years after he's been discipled, we might have him in church. I don't know. Psalm 23. No more sympathy for the devil. Hallelujah. We take authority over him. Psalm 23, verse 5. Notice this. Thou preparest what? Now, where is this table? In the what? So this table is set here now. Because you know your enemies aren't in heaven. Your friends are in heaven. The Lord's in heaven. Your relatives are in heaven. 
Amen? And there'll probably be a whole lot more people in heaven than you realize that you thought they'd never make it. And then they'll be your friend. So this table is set. Now, when the Lord sets a table, you know there's some awesome things on that table. There's bread, right? Healing is the Healing is the children's bread. I always think of Brenda when I think about the Lord's table. He says he's got a great big jug of joy. Amen? What else does he have on that table? Tell me. He's got peace on the table. Pass the peace, please. And I'll take some of that sourdough healing power right now. Imagine what's on the table. Help me out a little bit. Help me preach. What, what's out, what else is on the table? Joy. Come on, what else? Love's on the table. What's else on that table? Tender mercy. Strength is on the table. Amen? And so this table is, is set for us. Now, how many of you parents have ever had to call your children... Two or three times to come to the table. John, oldest son. John, dinner's ready. No reply. A few minutes later, John, dinner's ready. A few minutes later, John, Mark, Thomas, get down here now. See, sometimes God has a hard time getting his kids to come to the table. And this is no, you know, context of you, but there are millions of fugitives staying at home today out of church worldwide that won't come to the table. Look at Mark eleven twenty four if you would. Mark eleven twenty four. We looked at this last week in context of be bold, lay hold. Lay hold of what he's laid up for you. In verse twenty four, Jesus said, Therefore I say unto you, speaking to you, what things soever you desire. How many of you have desires? And your desires are in alignment with the Word? And you can find a scripture in the Word about your desire? Then you know what? That covers your case. But just having a desire doesn't mean that the desire is going to come to pass. He says, now pray about it. What things soever you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them, and what? The word receive there is take. Take it when you pray it. Here's another one of these verses. Seek first the kingdom of God, our part, added to you, his part. When you pray, believe you receive our part, and you shall have them, his part. But you've got to take it. Gloria Copeland said this. Gloria has been in our church a couple times over the years. And she said this. She said, if you don't take it when you pray, you haven't prayed boldly in faith. Take it. Take it. Now, I believe what the Spirit of the Lord is saying to us today. 
And that is this. Don't leave anything on the table. Don't leave anything on the table. Don't leave anything on the table. Now, I had a few people come and babysit for me when I was a younger guy. Maida Thomas would come, my dad's mom, and we loved it when Maida would come because Maida was very lenient. You could eat in between meals. <laughs> but then my other grandmother would come, and her name was Frances Melby, and she'd come, and she was a lot more strict. You could not go to the cupboards. But I tell you what, when the plate was full, she expected you to eat everything on the plate. She had what they called the clean plate club. And you clean that plate up whether you wanted to or not. When she wasn't looking, you dumped some of it. <laughs> the clean plate club. And what the Lord is saying to us, don't leave anything on the table. Yeah. Because on the table, there are some awesome things. Yes, In closing, turn with me to Joshua chapter 18, verses 1 through 3. I ain't leaving nothing on the table. Don't leave anything on the table. Hallelujah. He prepared a table before you. Joshua chapter 18, verses 1 through 3. He says, And the whole congregation of the children of Israel assembled together at Shiloh to set up the tabernacle of the congregation there. And the land was subdued before them, and there remained among the children of Israel how many tribes? Which had not yet done what? Which had not yet received or taken their inheritance. It was available to them. It included all of their covenant benefits, but they hadn't taken it yet. That was their responsibility. And Joshua said unto the children of Israel, How long are you slack to go to possess the land? which the Lord God of your fathers has given you, how long will you be slack? Now, the word slack there means to be lazy. Another definition of slack is to be slow to move or to postpone or to put off. It means to be sluggish. I want to encourage you today to... You must not be slothful, but followers of them who through faith and patience inherit the promises. It's time for some of you to shake yourself up and shake off that sluggishness. Shake off that worldly spirit of dullness and say in 2015, I'm going to rise up and I'm going to take it all. And I'm not going to leave anything on the table. And the greatest thing that's on God's table is salvation. So as every head is bowed and every eye is closed, you're here this morning. And the saints are in an attitude of prayer. Before that we receive communion this morning, I want to invite you to come to Christ.